0: Welcome to the podcast of First Baptist Church of Robbinsville. Thank you for joining us. We trust that the teaching of God's Word will speak to you. All right, good morning. How are we doing, church family? We are multitasking up here in the world of technology. The uh, the TV screen down here in front of me decided to get a little fussy this morning and uh, listen to Lady, Lady Folly. But that's all right because the tech team in the back is on it. And so we're, we're just going to roll with it today and trust in the Lord. Uh, good to see everybody today. We, we are going to open up and, and read one verse from Proverbs chapter 9 this morning. We, if you are joining us today for the first time, we welcome you here. So we have been here in the book of Proverbs for about five months now. And so it's been an exciting journey through the first nine chapters of Proverbs. And last week, Ben actually preached through chapter nine. And so but um, I felt a while back that there was a need to wrap up uh, this portion of the book of Proverbs with a part two um, picture of, of this idea of answering the call. Answering the call. Pull that up. So if I turn around a few times, it's just to make sure that what I'm looking at is what you're looking at. I'm not actually losing my mind up here. And so you think about this idea of answering the call. Today we're or tomorrow we, we celebrate and we remember men and women who have answered the call at some point in their uh, time in the past. And in answering the call to go and to serve in the military, it cost them their lives. And so today we celebrate freedom and the the joy of gathering together as a church to worship God freely in a free nation because of those men and women who courageously answered the call well it's it's fascinating that when you think about this idea of a call that all throughout the book of proverbs there have been two voices we've referred to those two voices or those two individuals as lady folly and lady wisdom and certainly the bigger picture the real picture is wisdom is god's wisdom is the voice of god it's him calling to us it's god saying to us I and I alone am calling your life to a life of meaning, meaningfulness, a life that will be memorable, a life that could be celebrated because you made a difference with your life and by making much of Jesus with your life. And so the other voice, the voice of Satan, the voice of our fleshly desires, the voice that's um, the wisdom of the world is always trying to get us to ignore the call, ignore the voice of God. And by keeping us distracted and by keeping our minds and our attention on other things. And so we've been studying... um, Proverbs back and forth, back and forth. And it's neat that when you look at how wisdom calls and how foolishness calls, there's, uh, there's really neat descriptions in the text. The Bible tells us that wisdom is loud. Wisdom is in the street corners where everybody is passing through, but wisdom is trying to be heard because wisdom has something good to say. So if in your mind you see the guy at the street corner with the megaphone, that's, that's not wisdom. That's annoying. And so wh- wisdom is saying, I have good news. I want everyone to hear me because I have something so good to tell you each and every day. Whereas the flip side of what we've seen, and we saw this last week in chapter 9 of Proverbs, is the foolishness of this world is also loud. The foolishness of this world is also waving her hands, trying to get everyone's attention, trying to say, turn in here. But it's different. It's clamorous. It's annoying. It is the person on the megaphone. It's the person that keeps talking and talking loudly, but they're never actually saying anything of any value. They they, they say a lot of things, but it's nothing worth hanging on to. It's nothing worth remembering. It's nothing worth storing up. And and so there's rambling. And so wisdom is God's way of saying, let's sit down and talk about this. Now that I have your attention, now that you've turned and you've tuned into me, let's reason together. Whereas what being read last week in Proverbs 9 is foolishness is this call that says, I've got to Let's come and, and and let's get into a dark place and let's talk about things. Let's stir up drama. Let's conspire together. Let's look at ways that we can do things and get away with it and no one will know. It's this self-centered nature that's within all of us. We were born with this nature. We were born as children of Adam and Eve and it's that it was that subtle way that Eve got pulled away. And she listened to the serpent question God's authority, and then he contradicted God's authority. Well, to continue this idea of what does it look like to answer the call, I want to step back for a moment into the 80s. Maybe the late 80s, maybe the early 90s. Some of us were there. I'm 38, so I've been there. And so uh, let's look at this old timey rotary dial telephone. How many of you grew up with one of these? Yeah, you put your little finger in it. You know what I'm saying? Now, I know that there's a generation here that has no idea what we're even looking at on the, on the, on the uh, big screen up here. But let, let, us, let us tell you about this thing. See, one of the great things about these old-timey phones is you could sit down with your friends um, for hours on the weekend, and you could open up the yellow pages, and, and you, could, you could prank call people and just me and my buddies used to just love to do this and someone would answer and say hello and we would say hey look your your cow's down here on our front porch and they would say oh man I don't have a cow what are you talking about and we would say I don't have a front porch either and just you know just we would just kind of see what happened from there but, um, but everything changed a few years later I know you did it too don't look at me like I'm crazy <laughs> some of you giving me that blank stare like you're innocent or something Right, look, but everything changed a few years later. I was staying all night at my buddy's house, and his parents got a new phone. It wasn't this thing anymore. And we're like, what's up with this thing? And then somebody called it, and there it was. You could see their phone number on the screen of the phone before you answered. And so we knew what that meant. We were exposed we, if everyone started getting these things, we, we would be exposed. They would call back until they got a hold of my memo or maybe his parents and, and just we would be in trouble. And so we had to figure out another way um, to to call, to call people and, uh, and get up with it. But wouldn't it be neat if wisdom um, is like caller ID, wouldn't it be neat if every time God had something to tell you, your phone, it just it looked like this. Hey, Jesus is calling. I mean, what, what are you going to do? I mean, how do you how do you handle an important phone call? I mean, you know, when some of you are getting an important phone call, what do you do? You tell the kids, "Shh, yeah, go ahead. How you doing? Hey, every, like everything is just calm. You run outside. You slam the door. You go to a quiet place where you can what? Listen. It, I mean, when I was dating Jennifer. And, and, and we kind of moved past that we're just talking stage and we got into that next stage where it's like, oh my goodness, I think, I mean, I've not ran her away yet. This is happening. When my phone rang and it said, Jennifer, I like tore stuff down to get out of the house or to get somewhere where I, where I could hear her because it was an important call. Well, wisdom, God's wisdom What we have seen in the book of Proverbs throughout this series is God's wisdom is always wanting to be stored up. It's always wanting to be sought after so that when he speaks, we know that's him. It's him revealing himself to you and to me in our day. It's him asking us to go speak or to do or to say or to give or something to another person. It's him speaking order and comfort into our chaos and stress when life feels out of control but sadly it's just not that easy when whenever we we pull out our phones and we and we have and we're and we're looking and we're like who's who's this and so what what we can gather is God wants us to be sensitive to his speaking his calling in our day and all throughout our day so with this in mind I want you to please stand with me looking at Proverbs chapter 9 and let's read verse number 10 right there in the middle. Proverbs chapter 9 verse number 10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we just lean in and listen to you today. And so we step out of Proverbs to look at the true personification of wisdom in your son, Jesus. Let us hear him. Let us find ourselves in the Gospels, listening and learning and watching how people accepted or answered his call. And let us To what you want to say or to what you want to do this morning in the lives of your people. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So I may need new, new batteries. I don't know. I just kind of think it may be God's way of saying, speak loud, son. So we'll roll with it. Just step back and think about this for a minute. As Ben pointed us to the central part of Proverbs 9 last week being the big main idea. This verse could even stand out as the big main idea for the whole book of Proverbs. That God wants us to begin with wisdom by reverencing Him. That God would say and that we would say, you know what, here's here's one wise thing that I can say in this life. I'm not God, and I'm not in control. He is God, and he is in control. Reverence him. I am dependent upon him for every breath in this life. And so even whenever your sermon feels like it's just kind of going all over the place, and and you're trying to get going, we're dependent upon him when our day feels out of order or out of control. And so he says, he reminds us in this text, This is what wisdom is. Start your day off knowing we're not God and we need him every breathing moment of the day. But then the latter part of the verse says that the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That we get to step back and say, you know what God really wants for us throughout the day is to understand him. He, he wants us to know him personally, becoming acquainted with his ways so that when he's calling, when he's speaking into the chaos or the frustration or kind of just the difficulty of our day, that we can hear that voice and then we can understand and, and sense what he is doing in that day and then respond or answer the call accordingly. Well, here's what I would like to do this morning. In summary of these nine chapters, what I'd like to do is just pull back and say, what is the really grand big picture that wisdom, wisdom, God's wisdom is always calling us to? And it really comes down to two words, faith and follow. Jesus is always calling each of us to faith in him. For the unbeliever that would sit under the reading or the teaching or preaching of Proverbs and, and the ministries of this church, God's wisdom would always be working with His Spirit and with His Word and with and through His people to say, look, you can know that Jesus loves you. You can know that He's fulfilled the prophecies. He's died for your sin. He's paid the cost that you couldn't pay. He's offered salvation because you can't save yourself, and you have every good reason to come to faith in His death, burial, and resurrection. But here's the fun part. anytime a person makes that decision to trust in the gospel, the call of wisdom doesn't stop. The call of wisdom keeps ringing, and he keeps saying, look, 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 we're just getting started. I'm now calling you to follow after Jesus. And so we we always, as a church, we love to step back and say, you know, it really doesn't make sense to put faith in Jesus for an eternity for our eternal salvation but to then say you know no, you know when it comes to my day-to-day living when it comes to how I relate to my spouse and my children and my co-workers and my friends at school or on the team or at work I got this You know, I'll figure it out. I'll I'll handle things accordingly. And so Jesus' call when we read the Gospels is always for that one-time decision of faith in Him, but for the day-to-day, moment-to-moment, lifetime decision to follow after Him, to learn from His ways, to walk in His wisdom. And this makes life really exciting. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to step into the Gospels today and just watch wisdom in the body of a person, with some of these familiar stories that we know about, and just walk, find ourselves and watch as others hit the accept button and watch as others hit the decline button in foolishness. And let's just find ourselves and let's just think about what does that look like in our day today? So let's begin by thinking about this idea of, that comes out of John chapter 1. If you were to get a phone call and, 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 and Jesus said, look, do you want to come over? You, you, want to come, you want to come over today? Well, this is such a practical way that Jesus lived out wisdom. In, in John chapter 1, Jesus notices a couple of guys walking behind him. They're curious. And these guys are actually the disciples of John the Baptist. And he turns and he says, whom are you seeking? What, do you, what, what is it that you want? You're curious. What is it that you want? And they say, Rabbi, we, we, we want to know where you're staying. And he said, come and see. And so when we step back as a church, we just see that living in God's wisdom is this constant invitation. He is constantly inviting us to come and see, to sit with him, to talk with him. And then we get to be that fragrance to others to say, come and see, come, come, and, come on over and let's talk about it. Now we know that one of these guys was Andrew. The other one was probably uh, John the disciple who wrote the Gospel of John. We don't know that. But it's kind of left up in the air for us to say uh, this is a practical example of how we too can bring our friends along. And so the Bible tells us that when they went to where Jesus was staying, it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And by the next day, they were convinced he's the Messiah. Now, what that tells us as a church is that... Yeah, sometimes people make instant decisions. They get it, they hear the word, they make decisions. But as a church, we're never forcing somebody, you need to make a decision, make it right now. You feel that? It's, it's that rude way that foolishness works. Because we see in the example of Jesus, he invited people into his life. He invited people into his home. He invited people to... Let's talk this out, and then they came to faith in him, and then began to follow him. They hit the accept button. But when we flip over uh, to a different story, we see we see something else happening in Luke chapter fifteen. So same scenario, Jesus is sitting and eating with sinners and tax collectors, and you notice how this is so much like what being opened up with last week in Proverbs nine. That wisdom has built her house and she's slaughtered the animal. She's prepared her table. She's planned and fixed a meal. Well, in Luke 15, Jesus is sitting there with sinners and tax collectors. Luke wants us to know that Jesus wasn't ashamed to be seen with them. He wasn't ashamed to answer their call whenever they wanted to talk with him. Or maybe it's the flip side. They were answering his call to come and eat. And as Jesus sat there and told stories, we find that there were some religious people that showed up. And Luke 15 tells us that their response was pretty quick. They were invited to sit and eat. They were invited to sit and talk, but they wanted no part of it. In fact, the reason they hit the decline button, the reason they listened to Lady Folly, Luke has something to tell us. It says this, Luke 15 says this, that they complained... That he ate and drank with sinners and tax collectors. Do you feel that? They didn't want to be seen sitting down with them. Well, wisdom has always been teaching us in Proverbs chapters one through nine that God values the person more than the other things. God values the way that we treat people above everything. God wants us to go out of our way to make people feel welcome and loved and invited. And he intentionally does, shows us how to do that because he intentionally pursues us. And so some people stay in the realm of not choosing faith simply because they don't want to be seen with you or they don't want to be seen with me or they don't want to be seen in the church doors or in the church setting. And when you step back and think, you think about it, what a silly reason to never just at least sit down and listen. As a church, we're not demanding someone makes a decision, but we're asking, let's reason, to this. Let's reason about this. Let's talk about it. Well, as the text goes on, we, we can look at another passage and we can see another instance where Jesus says this. He calls us on the phone and he says, hey, do you have time to talk? Do you have time to talk? Well, Martha, do you ever get a phone call and, and, and you answer the phone and you're like, look, look, I'm, I'm too busy right now. I don't have time. I don't have time. I'll, I'll call you later. You ever do that? Well, most of us do that, right? So that's okay. That's normal. But now watch this. Jesus was in Martha's home in Luke chapter 10. And she. the Bible tells us that Martha was so busy. And she was distracted with much serving. She was distracted with doing many good things. That while she had Jesus in her home. She wasn't prioritizing Jesus to be the head of her home. Or the wisdom of her home. And so... Martha comes over to Jesus and says, look, my sister Mary, she sees how busy I am. Don't you care? Will you not tell her to get up and help me? And Jesus says, look, Martha, Mary is swapping and hitting the accept button. You're, you're, You're so busy in life that you're not making time for me. I mean, you may say that you'll call me back. But something else will distract you, then something else will distract you. anybody ever. You, just, you feel like your week just gets so chaotic, it gets so out of order. Well, this passage is just one of those great times where wisdom is calling and wisdom is saying, Look, 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 I understand you got to work, I understand you got kids, I understand you got a house, you got to wash dishes, you got to fold clothes, you got to take care of your car, you got to get it serviced, you got to pay your insurance, you got to do all these things. But understand this if Jesus doesn't have a place, if Jesus doesn't have the number one time slot on our schedule, then that wisdom is saying, look, we're saying yes to something that he's asked us to say no to. Wisdom is telling us we're saying yes to something that he hasn't called us to. And he says, come sitting down, let's talk about it, let's reprioritize. But when we look at Mary, Mary hits the accept button. And what Jesus says is so fascinating He says, Martha, you're worried about so many things. You're troubled, you're stressed, you're trying to control life. Remember, you're not God. You're not in control. But here's one thing. One thing is needed, and Mary hit the accept button. Mary has responded to wisdom and chosen that good part, which cannot, will not be taken away from her. Do y'all remember Proverbs chapter 2? You remember the big shovel that was up here on the stage? You remember how much we talked about how wisdom is something to be dug for? It's treasure to be sought after because it's treasure that wants to be found. Can you just hear Jesus saying, look, here's here's what it looks like in real life, not in Hebrew poetry, but in real life to dig for that treasure. Just come sit at my feet. Maybe it may, it may mean getting up a little early. It may be saying no to lunch with him or with her. It may be saying I'm going to stay up a little bit later tonight. But can I have, can I have a prioritized time in your life for you to sit at my feet with your ears turned up and all the distractions turned off, to just speak into the chaos or the busyness of your life? I have much. To say, surely, wisdom has shown us that throughout this time, but then let 's go on to another instance in John chapter six there 's this really fascinating passage where Jesus has fed the five thousand and people have come and they 're listening to him, and he begins to talk about some pretty gory stuff, his blood and eating his flesh and drinking his blood I mean you're, and, and if we were there we might we might also say. I don't really understand where this is going. I mean, have some of you went through proverbs in the last five months, and you just kind of step back and you're like, "Wow, <clears throat> that is not where I thought we were headed today. This is, this is a little much. It's a little tough. Well, it happened with his followers. And in John chapter six, here's, here's what we know: that, that these individuals began to struggle amongst themselves. They begin to say that what he's saying is really hard. I don't understand it. And that, is that a reason to hang up? You ever, you ever, you ever, you ever answered the phone and, and it's with somebody and they're stirring up drama and you're just like, oh, you know, I don't like where this is going right now. Boop. And just, anybody, are you the hang up person on people? You know, you, you ever had that done to you? It's tough in the moment. Well, in this moment, these guys, Jesus looks at them and he says, Look, is what I'm talking about offensive to you? And they went, click. They hung up the phone on Jesus. They were right there with him. Whereas wisdom throughout the book of Proverbs 1 through 9 has really taught us, take your time. If we hit something in life that we don't understand, maybe it's personal. Maybe it's the, God, I don't understand why you allowed that to happen. Other times, maybe it's just scripture. Maybe it's just a text that you're just saying, man, I'm really having a hard time with this text today. God's saying that's okay. It's, it's okay. I, I can handle your misunderstanding. Actually, I can handle you being offended by me. Just don't hang up on me. Just, 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 just stay on the line. Let's talk through this. In fact, call somebody in the church. We'll, we'll talk through this. Well, what happened was um, they began to say, this is a hard saying. And then John 6, verse 66 says, and that many of those who followed him, followed him no more. They walked away. They hung up. But in that same scenario, Jesus turned to the uh, the, the 12 disciples. And this is just so amazing. It's so, he just says, look, look, <clears throat> are you, you going to hang up too? I mean, I ain't going to force you to stay on the phone with me. Are you going to hang up too? Do you also want to hang up and, and and walk away? He gave them that freedom. And just what Peter said, is just it's so wise. Pete, I mean, Peter, we know Peter, you know, had the, I need to stick my, Shoe in my mouth syndrome. He spoke up a lot, right? He spoke up a lot out of turn. You ever do that and interrupt people? He did that. But Peter spoke up and said, look, look, to whom shall we go? To whom, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we've come to know and believe that you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. You know what is so fun about wisdom is when life is tough and when life is hard to understand, we can keep coming back to what Peter said. We can keep coming back and saying, Lord, this is really tough. I, I'm, I'm failing as a husband. I'm failing as a mom. I'm failing as a teenager. But I know that you have the words of eternal life. And to, and, and to lay down the word and to step away, to hang up on you, would be the most foolish. It would be saying... No to Jesus, and yes to Lady Folly. Yes to Satan and his wisdom in this world. And Jesus said, well, all right, good, good. It's good. It's good stuff. Well, then, keep digging. In another text, it's, it's pretty fascinating because Jesus is in a conversation with three different individuals. It's just so fascinating how he related to different people. And, and he tells them, he says, look, Will you follow me? I mean, he's right there. He calls them on the phone. He's like, you, you want to go get dinner? Will you start following me? In fact, we, can, we, we don't even have to just, we can talk face to face. He's right there with them, and he says, look, follow me. And this, first, this guy says, he looks at Jesus, and he says, let me first. <clears throat> Do you feel that? You ever get a phone call and you're like, hey, hey look, 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 let me first. I'll get back with you. Let me, let me first go do this. Let me first go go talk with so-and-so. That's okay. That's normal. That's life, right? But when it comes to Jesus, when he's speaking into our lives as a church, wisdom has taught us to be sensitive and to not just give him these excuses. Lord, let me first go. And this individual said, let me first go bury My father. Now, Jesus isn't saying you can't go to your dad's funeral. When you study the the text, the bigger picture of the text is is simply this: the guy is saying, "Let me go first. Work out all the details of my family's inheritance. Let me first go work. Make sure everything in in my dad's will is lined up for me. I'm the oldest son. I'm the second. I need to get something. Let me first go take care of my security." And you know what Jesus is really saying here when he calls him to follow him? Jesus is really saying, look, look, I've called you because you're about to get in a mess. Jesus is saying, look, look, I know families that have had their whole lives manipulated by an inheritance. I know families that have stayed in drama and conflict over a piece of land, over a car or over 500 bucks. Look, look, Jesus is saying, let me free you from all of that. Just come follow me. You'll have security in me. And your family will cause more and more more stress on your life. Well, Peter starts picking up on this stuff. And he sees it happen. And it happens again with the rich young ruler. And you remember how the rich young ruler walks away sorrowful? Because Jesus says, go sell everything that you have and, and, and come follow me. You'll have treasure in heaven and he walks away really upset and sad because he has the me first mentality. It's let me get my family in order. Let me get my life. Let me hang on to my stuff because my identity in my stuff. And if I, part, if I depart from my identity and my stuff and follow you, I don't know what I'm going to do. And wisdom says, you'll be with me. I'll show you who you are apart from your stuff, apart from your name brands, apart from having to fit in in a broken economy even right now. God's still saying, look, look, don't worry about your grocery bill and your gas bill. Your identity's not in all that stuff. I know it's frustrating, but still let your identity be in me. Well, Peter says, I've heard this enough. And he, and he, and he, he looks at Jesus and he says, look, look, you called us to follow you. And we hit the accept button. We've been doing this for a while. What, what's, what's in it for us? We've, we've left all to follow you. And, and if I could just paraphrase what Jesus said in Luke 18. This is just so good. This is, this, this is the church. Jesus said, look, because you have left all to follow me, because you've made this decision of wisdom, you're going to have family. You're going to have a family bigger than your family. You're going to have homes, and you're going to have things, and you're going to have people that you can go stay with, and you can relate to, and you can talk to. You're going to have people that will entrust their stuff to you when you need it. You're going to have people. You're going to have friendships that are going to go deeper than most friendships do in your family. And oh, and Jesus then those in. He says, look, you're going to have sufferings. There's going to be suffering along the way. That's part of it. But when you get to heaven, you're going to celebrate with your heavenly father because those things didn't control your life because you tapped into wisdom, and there's going to be a party. And so it's just fun how wisdom keeps helping us to see the bigger picture. Well, here's what I want to do: I want to do one last, give one last insight to this fun study that we that's going to shift next week in the book of Proverbs, um, and put this all together. In the New Testament, when you look at this word, the call or being called, there's, there's about 16 different Greek words that's a part of a bigger word that's about the call. And so in this, in this word, it's kaleo, and it's just this idea of being called or the calling or being called out. But one of those other words that kaleo is a part of is this word called paraclete. And, and it's, it's, it's talking about the comforter or the helper The Holy Spirit. Now, let's put this together. Jesus said this the Thursday night before he died. This is so much wisdom, and this is so good. Jesus said, look, in John 16, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away. The helper, the paraclete, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Now, let's put this together for just a second. Jesus is telling us that it is not our job, but it's the Holy Spirit's job to do what? To call. To call unbelievers into himself, into to faith in the gospel. It's, it's our job. We get to share the gospel, but it's his job to convict them. And he says specifically, the sin that he will convict or call people away from is the sin of unbelief, because I want people to come to faith in me. Now, now, let's put this together in a bigger picture. There's another word that has kaleo in it, and it's this word, ekklesia, and it's the picture of the church. It's the word that's translated the church, and the word means the, those who assemble together or the called out ones. Now, watch this. This is so fun. When we are answering the call of God moving in our life, helping us to understand him, helping us to participate in what he's doing in our day and how he's speaking into our day, we get to follow the paraclete, the call or the leading of the Holy Spirit while the Holy Spirit is calling or working in someone else's life. And we get to then fulfill our called purpose His church, the called out ones, the ones that don't just stay in a building, but the ones that gather together in a building to study his wisdom, to grow in his grace, and then were motivated to go out, to be called out of his building into a world that needs him. And there is this fascinating passage in Acts chapter 8 where all three of these callings are working together. It's with a guy named Philip. And In Acts chapter 8, after the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, the Bible tells us that the spirit, the paraclete, said to Philip. So wisdom is now speaking. Wisdom is calling to Philip. He's instructing Philip. You, do you see that chariot over there? <clears throat> well, I'm doing work on a guy that's inside that chariot. You don't know it. I'm just calling you. To go over there and overtake the chariot. Go, pull up beside it and just say, Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, I've noticed. Just do, you know, do your thing. Go over there to it. And so Philip, who's a part of the church, Ecclesia, is responding to the Spirit. And then here's what Philip says this is just this is amazing. Philip says, Do you understand what you're reading? So now Philip and us is participating with Jesus calling this individual in the chariot, who's reading, He's been to Jerusalem, He's purchased a scroll and it happens to be, it just happens to be Isaiah chapter 53. And he's trying to understand who is the person in the store in the chapter being led to the slaughter like a lamb. <laughs> and Philip gets the, he, just, he gets the chance. To begin to tell him in fact when Philip says do you understand what you're reading this individual says how can I unless someone guides me and Philip gets to say in fact well I got good news the Holy Spirit has called me wisdom has spoke to me and he's made he's let me be a part of your day today and he begins to explain to him the gospel That the very text that the man is reading is the very gospel story that just happened about 40 days ago. And he gets to share it with him. And at the end of sharing the gospel with this eunuch, who's the treasurer for the queen... The guy sees some water, and he says, well, look, hey, there, there's some water. Can, um, what's, can I be baptized? What's hindering me from being baptized? And Philip says what we all get to say in participation with God's call of faith to the life of an unbeliever. Philip says, look, look, if you believe, if you will respond in faith with all your heart to that death, burial, and resurrection, that slaughtered lamb got up. From the grave, and he's alive. And the guy puts it together. How's he put it together? Because the Holy Spirit is calling. He's at work, and as the church, we get to participate with God's wisdom and God's work with his spirit. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And just, there's stories like this that I just step, when we just step back and we see in Proverbs how much. Wisdom calls. It's no wonder. Wisdom is always calling. Because God wants us participating with what he is doing in the lives that you and I are around every day. And if that doesn't make life exciting, I don't know what does. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is here that we pause. And it is here that we thank you for working with our technology difficulties today. It is here we thank you for the team, for the ecclesia within this church body. It is here that we ask if you are calling children, if you are calling teenagers, if you are calling adults to respond to the gospel, then with much joy as a church we just share the gospel and we get to Walk with others through the gospel and see your Holy Spirit bring them into faith in the gospel. Father, for those that are here that maybe the last five months or five days have just kind of been prioritizing other things. We pray today that we can see Jesus calling, asking, seeking, and just simply saying Will you give me first place in your life? Stop questioning everything about the church. I'm still doing a work in them too, especially the pastor. Father, can, would you help those people to be relieved of any hindrances that are in their life and call them to be a part of the greater thing that you're doing in your church body for your glory, for your fame, so that many come to the knowledge of the Holy One. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you were encouraged by the teaching of God's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about our church, you can find us at www.robinsvillefbc.org or call the office at 828-479-3423. God bless you and have a great day.